Howdy. This is the Views from the Shot podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, Wednesday, December 6, 2023, I wish you a very, very, very happy Mitten Tree Day. And I've got a bonus for you. If you happen to be listening on Thursday, which I assume many will be, I've got a special holiday for you as well, okay? I wish you a very, very, very happy National Cotton Candy Day. Today's show is, as always, a part of the Big Banter Sports Network. If you haven't been able to tell recently, I'm recovering from a minor cold. My voice, not quite 100%, but hopefully you don't notice. I have come to the conclusion that watching Ohio State's win over Miami did not help my cold. I don't think that it was a coincidence that my coughing began to increase increase during the two-hour period in which Ohio State took on Miami. I think at this point, the low-grade fever, it's here. Uh, The turnovers, the loose balls, the dead balls, the minor skirmishes, the boys being boys, touching elbows, playing patty cake with one another, and the likes, all have made me feel worse. But it doesn't matter, does it? Because Ohio State wins another game. This one coming against another Mac school, the Buckeyes taking out Miami of Ohio, located in Oxford, or as it's also known, basically Indiana. I don't know if that's offensive to Miami, to the university there. I would assume it would be, as is calling Cincinnati a part of Kentucky, that's offensive to Cincinnatians, or whatever residents of Cincinnatians, Cincinnati, may be called. This was not a fun game to watch, but it doesn't matter in some regard, because it was on BTN+. And as we know, a lot of people do not have BTN+. It's 2023, folks. I don't like it either, but complaining about watching this game when you probably spent more than $10 on fast food this week, it feels at least slightly silly, right? I mean, again, I don't like it either. I don't like that I have to purchase a subscription, a Big Ten Plus, that I'll purchase and then cancel five times over and over again every year. But it's just the landscape of where we are. And if you love your team enough, it's no big deal. It's fine. So if you're willing to to spend the money on your Christmas drink from Starbucks or on grabbing a pizza or whatever it may be through the week, just eat in. Eat in, and you'll you'll offset the cost very easily. And if you didn't miss this game, if you did watch it either in person or on a stream, you know, again, this was an ugly game. But I have one question for you as we begin this show. And it's a kind of, it's like 80% serious? No, no, nay. It's 88% serious. Is Ohio State, don't tell anyone this, whisper, okay? We don't need the word to get out. Is Ohio State the hottest team in college basketball? Is the Ohio State University men's basketball team the hottest team in college basketball? I'm going to build the case 
that they might be. I'm not going to tell you that they are, but I'm going to help you understand why your Ohio State Buckeyes right now on December 6, 2023 could be one of the hottest teams in college basketball. Not only am I going to build that case on the show, I'm going to go through a game review because, again, I know some people missed it, and I've heard that the game reviews are fun, so I'll do that. We'll go over some keys to the game as well, see if the Buckeyes were successful there. And then I've got, I don't have a bunch of takeaways, but I have some very thorough and high-quality takeaways. One of those, again, are going to be, is Ohio State the hottest team in college basketball? So let's get into it, shall we? Ohio State is now 8-1 after picking up another win. It's uh, seventh in a row. Seven wins in a row for Ohio State, an 84-64 thrashing. The third win of the season for Ohio State against the MAC. We don't care. Bring any team from the MAC. Western Michigan, no. Central Michigan, uh-uh. Miami, doesn't matter. Bring us Akron. Probably don't bring us Buffalo. There's no interest there. But anyone else in the MAC, just send them our way. Bring them to the shot. We'll pay you a couple of pretty pennies. To come take us on. But at this point, Ohio State is essentially saying if you belong in the MAC, you don't belong playing us. And that dates back even two years ago when Ohio State beat Akron with the buzzer beater. Doesn't matter. MAC school, count it as a win. Throw it in a parlay. I don't care if the money line is minus 5,000. Doesn't matter. Throw it in there. It's hitting every time. Now, if Ohio State plays, I think, are we done with MAC schools now? I, I believe we're. We're all set. I'm saying we as if I'm on the team. I'm not on the team. I'm not affiliated with the team. I say we as in us as a fan base. We're we're finished. We're through with playing Mac schools, right? I believe we are. So next season, if they happen to lose to, I don't know, Marshall. Marshall isn't even in the Mac. Um, What's another school in the Mac? Ball State? If Ohio State happens to lose to Ball State, I'll, I'll take responsibility for the jinx. Speaking of jinxes, by the way, Joey Lane, come on, man. If you listen to the show, I, I, I'm I'm being transparent here. I'm calling you out. Why are you why are you intentionally intentionally messing with Roddy Gale shooting at the free throw line? I get it. You're on the mic. You've been phenomenal, by the way. You got to get your first announcer jinx out of the way. That's fine. I understand it, but do it against the freaking Miami player. Why are we doing it against Roddy Gale? He's five. He's at five three free throws in a row, and then. Joey wants to say, mm, might as well get the jinx out of the way now. And Roddy Gale misses. Not cool, man. Not cool. Let's review this game that Ohio State has won, beating Miami of Ohio, the fighting Red Hawks. Um, this, this was a game that uh, I kind of I called it. This is why you got it. Well, maybe if, if you want to listen to the preview shows, that's fine. But at the same time, you're going to be pretty unhappy with the fact that I'm just, at this point, uh, calling everything that happens. Does that sound bad? Probably. Probably sounds a little cocky, too. And it's fine. I'm not calling everything that happens. But, man, I said Ohio State, this feels like a game that they could potentially be up by 30 points in this one. They got up by 26. That's pretty close. I said, feels like a game they could be up by mm, 15 at halftime. They're up by 13 at halftime. And then the biggest thing that I mentioned in this game was, number one, Ohio State needs to dominate Miami on the glass, and they should. Number two, Miami's going to turn the ball over. They're, they're going to produce 
more turnovers than Grandma Ruth at the the local baking function in in, in your small town. Okay, hey, apple, blueberry, uh, peach. If those are, I, I'm assuming you can make per- turnovers out of any kind of fruit. Really, too many turnovers to count. Too many. Too many dead balls. Ohio State's going to have the chance to have a lot of extra, extra possessions, and they did in this one. And it, it it happened from the start. Four of Ohio State's first five made field goals all came off of offensive rebounds. That should not happen in college basketball, but it did, and the Buckeyes win in this one. Four of their first five field goals. They, they missed a shot on four of their first five Made possessions. They missed their first shot. Still got a rebound and still made it. Felix Akpara, Jamison Battle, after four of the first five field goals were scored off of offensive rebounds. After that, we're not even at the 16-minute mark yet. Felix Akpara, Jamison Battle kind of fight each other for a rebound. It bounces out of bounds. And the ball goes to Miami. So there were a lot of possessions like that too where the ball was just poked around all the time. In this one, sometimes Ohio State couldn't get his hands on it. That was an example of it. Buckeyes got off to a slow start. However, they don't get their first lead until the 1240 mark in this game, I believe. And yeah, Miami Miami started this game with a three-pointer go up 3-0. And at that point, Miami had shot 67% from the field. You're waiting for Ohio State to get going here offensively. They never really did in the first half. Zed Key... He went bonkers, absolutely bonkers on the offensive glass. Five offensive rebounds with eight minutes left in the first half alone and six points with eight minutes left in the first half. He said, mm, I'll clean up. Yes, sir. Take another. That's another offensive rebound. Y'all take it. Lay it in. Come on. Let me go. Let him cook. Let Zed Key cook. He had a headband on tonight, too. Um, I'm not sure what was going on after the game. I didn't see any tweets from Adam Jardy or Connor Lamonts with any kind of additional press conference coverage from Chris Holtman or anything like that. Would love to hear why. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to text Zed Key. You know what? I'm going to text him right now. Give me just a second here. I'm going to I'm gonna see if I can get some word from Zed Key on what prompted him to bring out the headband tonight. Let me just, let me type it out. What prompted... The headband tonight. Hard, hard hitting questions. You you know what we're doing here. So I got that sent off. My notifications are on currently. So we'll see if Zed gets back to me here by the time this show is over. But we got to figure out what the heck's going on with that with that headband. You're you're used to seeing Felix Akpara wear it, right? Roddy Gale, he'll sport it from time to time, but. But, uh, but Zed Key bringing out the headband, that was, that was new. And it seemed to work for him, at least in the first half. And we'll talk about his stats at the end of the game, as if you don't know what they were already. Just an ugly first half for Ohio State. They only had two turnovers, five and a half minutes left in the first half. But they were 9 of 26 from the field, 2 of 7 from the three-point line. Bruce Thornton at that point had four points. He then had two free throws that he hits at the 529 mark. Roddy Gale at that point had six points, and those two, Roddy Gale, Bruce Thornton, had tied for the most at that point in the game with six each. Buckeyes go into the half up 39-26. to In the first half, Ohio State shot 38% from the field, 30% from the three-point line. Not 
overwhelmingly bad numbers, certainly not good either. And it just felt like an underwhelming first half overall. You didn't get any kind of domination, consistently sustained efforts from Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale, Zed Key. There wasn't anyone who stepped up and took the reins for Ohio State. That's a that's a, a seasonal analogy for you there, given that Santa and his reindeer also have reins involved. Ohio State did not get one get did not get anyone really to step up and take the reins there in the first half of the Buckeyes. They go up by 13 at the half, and you're just like, mm, I'm I don't know. The score looks fine, but I feel like we're lacking something. Offensively, Ohio State really never got it going in the first half. It never looked crisp. It never looked clean. And that's something that we, we've we gotten used to, I'd say, from Ohio State so far this season is getting more sustained efforts like that offensively. Didn't get it. But defensively, they they were phenomenal, forcing a bunch of turnovers. They were dominating the glass in the first half. I believe they were plus seven turnover margin, plus nine rebounding advantage in the first half those numbers maybe switched and then also maybe plus five on the rebounds I don't know go go check the views from the shot Twitter you'll find it there but as we head into the second half probably more ugly than the first Travis Steele head coach for for Miami not pleased at all with the zebras in this one he he expressed that displeasure wasn't at the game couldn't hear what he said But he did get assessed a technical foul a couple minutes into the second half. And at that point, I get it. Ohio State had a huge foul advantage going their way. But when you're down, I think Miami was down 13 at that point, just trying to claw its way back into the game because they are Red Hawks, by the way. Are Red Hawks real? Are Red Hawks real? Um, For some reason... Boy, do I feel like an idiot now because that looks like the most basic hawk I've ever seen in my life. And, and they, I'm sure they're all over Ohio. You see them sitting on the, the telephone poles and on bridges and things like that. They they look cool. It's a great nickname. Not better than Buckeyes, though, obviously, for obvious reasons. Uh, apparently, I'm just in the, in the mode now in, in the season or in the season of this podcast life in which I'll just Google anything during a show while recording even though I could just stop and and pause recording for a second. But I won't do that to you. I want to stay real. How we got there, I'm not sure. But Travis Steele gets teed up in the second half, and it's just more of the same with the loose balls, the turnovers, the fouls, the dead balls. And it, I was just frustrated. I was frustrated watching this game because it felt like Ohio State should be up by more, and at the same time it felt like Ohio State was up by five against Miami of Ohio. If you're up by five against Wisconsin or Maryland or Northwestern, I don't care, any team in the Big Ten. If you're up by five in the second half, early in the second half, that's fine. Some teams you'd like to be up by more, more ideally, I guess. Like Nebraska, for example. Sorry, go Big Red, but we'd like to be up by more than five on you in in the first, in the second half to start out the second half. But sometimes it doesn't go that way. It felt like you were up by five against Miami. So you get the technical foul, and Miami gets the – they're down by 13. Buckeyes, I think Roddy Gale was the one shooting the free throws there. And then the the chippiness really starts to ratchet up in this one. I would assume that you're probably not going to find any good highlights from this game that's at least going to contain the, the chippiness in this game. But at some point, Zed Key, Darweshi Hunter, both – 
assess technical fouls. You get the classic double T, which is always fun because you get to see the official, you know, the, the quick bap, the bap with his hands where he, where he forms the T, and then he's extending, fully extending both arms. Let me see your wingspan, sir, as he points to Zed and as he points to Darweshi. That's fun. Officials, here's the issue, and here's another another tangent that we can go on when Ohio State plays Miami because there's less things to talk about. That's not true. It's just, it is what it is, okay? Whether it be football, basketball, baseball, the more aggressive and more theatrical a motion is for any kind of call, I feel like officials will lean toward doing that if it's 50-50. It's it if it's outer safe. What's more theatrical? It's punching someone out. It's calling someone out. And basketball, what's more theatrical? The charge or the block? Depends on the official. But I feel like a lot of times it is the charge. That that'll get you hyped up a little bit. So I think officials lean toward that. If it's 50-50, they want to do it. On the technical here, I I guess I don't know what Key and Hunter did. Watching the game, it didn't look like a lot. It feels like more so the officials trying to get in control of the game. That's what it felt like to me. I could be wrong. So there's that. Ohio State after that would go on a 16-5 to run. And you see some nice spurts here. This was the cleanest part of the game for the Buckeyes. Not only that, but you see some nice spurts from individual players. Dale Bonner continues to play well for Ohio State. He takes us bonnering for a couple of minutes. Evan Mahaffey, he produced offensively. You better believe we're going to talk about Evan Mahaffey later on this show. Jameson Battle scored five on the 16-5 run. Buckeyes go up by 22. They would lead by as many as 26. And by the end of the game, Ohio State shoots 45% from the field and 39% from the three-point line. So those shooting metrics get up to where you want them. And the Buckeyes win by 20 points exactly. They do not cover, by the way. They're now four and five against the spread this year. But every time we bet on them, bet on them on the spread for them to cover, they've hit. So thankful for that. And we'll talk about the banger bets later on today, too, as well. Keys to the game in this one. Let's review, shall we, class? I asked for Ohio State to I just put together one stretch goal for the Buckeyes because at this point in the season. Buckeyes playing really, really well, and they're playing a bad team in Miami. So what do we do? We we make up a stretch goal. We say, hey, team, look, not only do we need to win this game and crush this team, but we need to do this specific thing well. And I said, hey, Ohio State, go plus 15 on the glass. And I didn't think it was that hard, right? You go 40, 40 to 25 or 38 to 23. That feels very doable. And that's essentially what Ohio State did tonight. They went plus 13 on the glass. They go 37 to 24. How close was that of a prediction? I said Ohio State very easily could go 40. These were the exact numbers I gave in the preview show. I said 40 to 25 or 38 to 23 feels feels very doable. They essentially cut that in half at 37 to 24. So I look like a genius, and we thank you for that, Ohio State. Miami actually had an okay day on the offensive glass, based at least on their season average. They've been so bad on the offensive glass. Feel bad for them. They're they're a really undersized team. You don't feel bad for them. Miami would feel patronized by me saying that, but they're probably not going to listen to the show anyway, so who cares? But they picked up 10 offensive rebounds on this one. So they go plus 13, not plus 15. It's close enough. So many rebound chances for Ohio State in this one. They just could not get their hands on the ball. Squeezing the orange, it was tough for the Buckeyes, but 
it is what it is. I've got a I've got a response here from from Zed Key. Just a second. Let me let me respond him real quick and at the end of the show, I'll uh I'll give some some more thoughts on on Zed here. Um okay. Is that professional? Who gives a crap? We're here we're here to entertain you, Buckeye Nation. Uh second key to the game for Ohio State, limit the three ball. Miami's been a very good three-point shooting team this year. Basically the only metric they've been good in. So, realistically, logically, you would say, well, uh, if you can stop Miami from hitting threes, then mm, maybe you limit their offense. Well, they made seven triples in this one. That is fine. I don't know if you're necessarily limiting the three ball at that point. It's not great, for sure. Uh, but, you know, it, it's fine. The, in Miami, Miami goes 7 of 12 in the game. So, very high percentage-wise for the Red Hawks, which are a very common bird. In the, in, in the state of Ohio. Um, should I do this? Most common birds in Ohio. Let me see if I can get a... Can I get a list here? Real, top 40 species found in your backyard. This website could be a sponsor, but is not. I'm just looking for a hawk here. We got we got the classic hairy woodpecker. We've got the downy woodpecker as well. Red-headed woodpecker. A lot of... Mm, not going to finish that sentence. I'm not seeing a hawk. No hawks. No hawks. Sorry. Apparently not. Unless uh, unless the hawk is like a, a different... Uh, it's not classified as a bird. I'm not sure. Okay. Third key to the game, shall we? So, third key I gave was use expected extra possessions to your advantage. What do I mean by that? Well... We knew Miami, bad rebounding team. Ohio State's going to get extra possession on the offensive glass. We also knew Miami, horrible at taking care of the basketball. So what happened in this one? 16 turnovers by Miami. They turned that into 23 points off of turnovers. Ohio State also had 17 offensive rebounds. Zed Key was just cleaning up tonight on the offensive glass. That leads to 25 second chance points. I'll give Ohio State a pass on that one. I don't care. Buckeyes crushed it, getting the extra possessions, and Miami's offense was just dreadful, dreadful to watch for what it's worth. Now we've got to get to some takeaways. I promised a really good one and a couple other above-average ones, at least. Before we get to that, we got to talk about college basketball analytics. I just had, by the way, I just received a text from my... One of my favorite people in the world who is uh, my rep over at College Basketball Analytics. And he has just let me know that we just got a new sign-up right before this show began recording. So, shout out to that person who did that. And we've actually had some some pretty good numbers recently. Not only in listenership subscriptions here on this show, but also College Basketball Analytics. We've seen a couple people every week signing up for College Basketball Analytics and if I were you, and I haven't signed up yet, I would hate to be left out. You can use the code SHOT, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, SHOT, short for SHOT and Scene Center, and Views from the SHOT Podcast. Use that code, you'll get a month free, you'll get a chance to kind of get in, poke around, see all the great stats that College Basketball Analytics have, see what Chris Holtman and the staff use to get prepared, self-scout, and game plan for upcoming opponents, all of those stats you can have access to. So don't hold yourself back from that. 
cbbanalytics.com. You can use the code SHOT, S-C-H-O-T-T, to get a month free. Takeaways now for this Ohio State win over Miami. Number one, and this is going to be good. This, this is going to be good. Seven wins in a row with 10 points or more margin of victory for Ohio State. Say it with me. Seven wins in a row of double digits margin of victory. Let's just, let's peruse down the Big Ten, shall we? And I've done this so you don't have to. But let's just, let's figure it out, okay? How many teams in the Big Ten have won seven games in a row by double digits? And I'm just going to pause for a second and let you guess which teams have done that, okay? You got a number in your head? Okay, good. Now let's go through this. So let's start with Purdue. Well, they haven't done it because they lost on Sunday to Northwestern, and they've got two wins of less than 10 points during their stretch of the past seven games. Yeah, they've played a very tough schedule. Don't care. They haven't done it. Wisconsin. Wisconsin beat Marquette, and Marquette just, they just trounced Texas, ran them out of the gym in the same night that Ohio State beat Miami. Wisconsin hasn't done it thanks to a close-ish win over SMU that was less than 10 points. Illinois, really, really, really close, but they still haven't done it due to a loss to Marquette. Marquette just running through the Big Ten this year. Iowa, well, except for Wisconsin. By running through, I mean playing a lot of Big Ten teams, and by a lot, I mean three. Uh, Illinois, yeah, we talked about them. Iowa, they haven't done it. Multiple losses. Northwestern, they beat Purdue, right? They've got a shot. No. They haven't done it either because they lost to Mississippi State and they also have a close win over Western Michigan of less than 10 points. How about Rutgers? Mm-mm. No, Rutgers hasn't done it. They lost to Illinois. They've also got a win over Bryant of less than 10 points. How about, I don't know, Minnesota? No, they lost to Ohio State. Nebraska? No, they lost their first real game of the season. Maryland? Not even close. Penn State? Lost four games in a row. Michigan? No. Indiana? Mm-mm. Michigan State? No. How many other teams are there in the Big Ten? Quick answer for you. Zero. That does it. Ohio State is the only team in the Big Ten with seven wins in a row of ten points or more. Now, you may come at me and you may say, well, Tim, what about the Ohio State schedule? I'm not all that impressed with wins against Western Michigan. Guess what? Every other team in the Big Ten has had cupcake games. And I named some of them. I named it. Is SMU a cupcake? Not necessarily. But Wisconsin had a close win against them. Purdue, they've taken a loss. And I think we all know that Purdue is probably a better team than Ohio State. Illinois, they haven't done it. They lost to Marquette. Ohio State beat Alabama. Are those two teams similar? Maybe not necessarily, but it still counts. Still counts. Iowa's got multiple losses. They're a good team in the Big Ten. Northwestern, Pete Purdue, they still don't have it. I've mentioned multiple teams. Rutgers. Rutgers didn't do it. Yeah, they lost Illinois, but they also had a close win against Bryant. No team in the Big Ten has done it. Now, I could go through and check and, and go through the SEC and the Big East and the Pac-12 and ACC and the Big 12 and all the other conferences in the NCAA. 
I'm willing to bet that Ohio State may be the only team in college basketball right now with seven wins in a row of 10 points or more. They may not be the only one. And if I'm feeling really ambitious, I might take on this project and find out. And I'll tweet it out tomorrow. That may be today for a lot of you on Thursday. I'm going to take a look. Even if Ohio State isn't the only team that has done this, putting together seven wins in a row, I don't care what stretch of the season it is, putting together seven wins in a row of double digits, you're in Bank 10 play, you've played some tougher competition like Santa Clara and Alabama. Tougher, I use loosely in terms of Santa Clara, but still, Ohio State at this point is one of the hottest teams in college basketball. I asked it at the start of the show. I'm making the case right now. Ohio State is one of the hottest teams in college basketball, which means go buy a freaking ticket. You can get tickets for like $9 at this point. Go buy a ticket and go watch your Ohio State Buckeyes. That team deserves it. They're having fun. They're playing hard. So not only is Ohio State one of the hottest teams in the Big Ten, maybe in the nation, yes, in the nation, they are also one of the most complete teams in the Big Ten at this point. Last year, you had a few guys you felt you could trust at times. Maybe Bruce Thornton, maybe Zed Key when he's healthy, maybe Justice Suing. I don't know. But you knew when it came down to it and you needed a bucket, it was Bryce Sensabaugh or bust. Tonight, in this win for Ohio State, six players scored 10 points or more. Jamison Battle is good for 10 points every night. Almost. He scored 10 points or more in every game this season but two, and in the two games, he did not score 10. He had nine in both of those. Not a huge game for Bruce Thornton. 14 points. Doesn't matter. You've got six players scoring 10 or more. Bruce Thornton goes 3-7 from the three-point line. Roddy Gale. Led the team in scoring, had 15, 4 of 9 from the field. Efficient, didn't need to get a lot of shots up. Production production from the free throw line as well. Zed Key, he put up a double-double thanks to the headband. 13 points, 10 rebounds, career high, 4 assists. Zed Key, big game. Dale Bonner, 11. He provides 11 points tonight, makes 3 trifectas. And finally, Evan Mahaffey, he goes out and he scores more than 6 points. He scores 10 and makes his first triple of the season. So, as you look at this team, as this team continues to progress, you've got, you know you can trust Bruce Thornton. You know you can trust Roddy Gale. If Jamison Battle is open for a three, or even if it's a tough closeout on a three, you know he can hit one. Zed Key can get really hot at times offensively. Dale Bonner coming off the bench has really, really played well. I'll talk about another player here in a second as well, but it's a very complete team. One of the most complete teams in the Big Ten. And one of the most productive teams from the free throw line this season in the Big Ten. Ohio State has made more free throws than everyone in the Big Ten this season other than Purdue. Ohio State has a better free throw percentage this season than everyone in the Big Ten but Wisconsin. Number two in each. They make 19 tonight. They made 19 or more in four of the past five games. And if you continue that production, it's going to be hard to lose, or at least it's going to be hard to not be in every game you play in. Let's talk about another player now. Devin Royal. This guy could be a huge piece for Ohio State when it comes to Big Ten play. I've said it before, too. I wasn't super high on Devin Royal this year. I wasn't sure that he'd be able to adjust his freshman year to playing college basketball, but he has been able to do it. 
His size, his strength, it's adapted to college basketball, Division I college basketball. He's been taking smart shots for the most part, playing less than eight minutes per game, but you're not seeing the bad stretches. You see them from pretty much everyone. You see it even from Zed Key. Evan Mahaffey, I've mentioned plenty. Scotty Middleton has been up and down this year. Dale Bonner, a senior, he has up and down games. But Devin Royal, I don't really, I can't think of many stretches, if any, maybe one or two bad stretches this year from Devin Royal. He has looked really good, making 53% of his field goals and half of his three-point attempts. He's defended well. He's blocked some shots. He's been efficient with his assist numbers as well. Devin Royal is a guy who could step up for Ohio State as a freshman and really produce for the Buckeyes. We're still waiting a little bit for a Scotty Middleton breakout. Taysom Chapman is going to take some time to get adjusted. Austin Park's not getting any meaningful minutes yet. Devin Royal may be the guy. That would be the surprise for me. I thought it was going to be Taysom Chapman, honestly, heading into this year. Then maybe Scotty Middleton. Then Devin Royal. Royal has stepped up as the number one freshman for Ohio State this season. And last takeaway here. This team is getting more and more exciting. Next game I'm going to go to for Ohio State is when they play New Orleans right before Christmas. Had the chance to go to the Ohio State-Penn State game this weekend, but that's a bit of a hike to go beat a bad team. So hopefully beat a bad team. I hate to jinx them. I'll knock on wood just in case. Um, Look, as you stack wins, I don't care if they aren't pretty at times like this game against Miami or even if it's against lesser competition. No other Big Ten team is playing like Ohio State. No other college basketball team right now is playing like Ohio State, as far as we're aware. When you go to a game, you're going to watch Felix Apara swat away a shot into the seats. Roddy Gale will hammer a dunk home. Bruce Thornton will cause a player to be stretchered away after getting put into a blender. Dale Bonner will cause us all to joyfully go bonnering. Jamison Battle will switch a triple with the purest form you can ever imagine. And at times, this is just good basketball from Ohio State. This is one of the more fun teams that I've watched, Ohio State basketball-wise, in a few years. So at this point, this team continues to stack the wins. They continue to get more and more exciting. If you can beat Penn State, and if you can beat UCLA, you're looking at heading into January with one loss. What a turnaround that would be from Chris Holtman and Ohio State after last season's debacle of a team and by the way Ohio State has eight wins right now they now have half as many wins as they had the entire season last year and we're barely into December so we are thankful and excited for that I'm going to talk about Zed Key real quick before that our banger bet did not cash I gave you the first two unit play of the year and we didn't get it and boy oh boy was it a brutal beat we needed eight rebounds from Felix Felix Akpara he had seven rebounds with eight minutes left to go in the game. He gets his seventh, and then immediately Chris Holtman turns to Zed Key, walks him up to the scorer's table, and Zed Key, it's time to come in. Love Zed Key, but don't love the fact that he came in for Felix Akpara. Felix Akpara had the eighth rebound of the game, about to fall into his lap, and then headband bro, Roddy Gale, takes it away from Felix Akpara. That was his last shot. And by the way, in the first half, the amount of rebound opportunities... I don't know of anywhere. I know in the NBA you can track rebound opportunities in, in in college. I don't know of anywhere that keeps those numbers. If you do know, please let me know. But the amount of rebound opportunities that Felix Akpara had in this game was insane. 
The read was elite. We paced exactly where we needed to be, and the rebound opportunities were there. He should have had 12 in this one. He just couldn't get his hands on the ball. A lot of loose balls, like I said. It was ugly. Balls bouncing out of bounds. So it happens, okay? I apologize. Our banger bet didn't cash. A two-unit play, but we'll be back with another against Penn State, and we'll hope to get back on the right track. Okay, before we get out of here, some words from Zed Key. I asked him, hey, Zed, why the headband tonight? Why'd you bring it out? Uh, he, he says, LOL, Roddy. And I say, go on. And he says, LOL. He wears the headband. I just wanted to switch it up. Couple emojis thrown in there as well from Zed Key. I asked if he plans to wear it against Penn State. I would assume that he's heading back to his his residence right now or something like that because it's just after the game as we're recording here on Wednesday night. If I happen to get word from Zed Key on if he plans to wear it against Penn State, you better believe that I will report it to you because that is why you listen to the Views from the Shop podcast for hard-hitting news like that. So make sure you're following on Twitter, by the way, and on Instagram at the Shop Pod for more Ohio State basketball content. Appreciate you listening to the show today. I'm going to shut up before you shut me off. Go Bucks. <laughs>